Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. Come on, It's episode 31 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. It's season three, and I'm here with Wendy. Hello. I'm here with Bardi. Hello. And I'm here with Felonious Filth. 
Hello, I'm Flav. Um, as you can probably tell from my voice, it's the aftermath of the North London derby. Um, but before we go into that, uh, we should deal with a StubHub thing that just came out about an hour before we started recording. Um, everybody got an email. Uh, basically, the club have, I think it's a temporarily sus- uh, suspension but um, only two types of season ticket holders can now relist their tickets. It's the uh, golden. It's temporary. I think it's a, con- it's a permanent. They, new they club can't relist that. It, they can't relist at a higher price. Uh, but does that mean? Because it wasn't clear what a higher price was. It was. It says. Um, uh, it, I, I can't remember what the actual saying was. Basically, it's they can't relist them, so you can't flip tickets anymore. You can't buy tickets. That's an amazing they, thing because that was that's what what touts were essentially doing. Is buying at face value and then relisting the inflated price. You have, to, you have to see the irony though. No one wants to go to any of the remaining games, so they put it as well. <laughs> They've done that now because they can't sell Southampton next week for like five hundred pounds because no one wants to go. Well, no one would would would, would pay that. I mean. I mean, I'd imagine the Southampton tickets are probably there roundabouts, face value, or, or just above. Probably a thousand listed now, after yesterday. There were Arsenal tickets still left on there at face value on um, like Saturday morning. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I suppose that, that by that point, even touts have sold their tickets. But really, face value tickets, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, but then if there was that flip, could you flip for the Arsenal game, do you know? You probably could have done, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Well, anyway, look, at least... Albeit, you know, maybe six months too late. The club have obviously listened to some of the protests um, that, that people have been making on Twitter and we've been involved in, along with the Trust and a number of other websites. So, And Martin Cloak in particular has put a lot of uh, his own time into this and, and a lot of work. Absolutely, and Darren, uh, Darren, Darren Alexander before he passed. And, um, you know, there was lots of people involved. Uh, but the club, you know, they're listening. I mean, like, there's been little evidence about them doing doing that in uh, in recent times. But now, I mean, we say the rest of the season, but this is this is there's another year of this to go for no, stop up, and it can't be done next year. <clears throat> but what I want to know is if it's above face value. It, I think it doesn't say above. It, it, tickets can only be listed at face value. It says unreal, unreal, unreasonable prices. So what's an unreasonable price? I mean, over a hundred. Well, yeah, but £100 for an Arsenal game isn't probably... I mean, it's unreasonable to me and the everyday fan, but the club won't see it as unreasonable. And how is StubHub going to react to, essentially, their commission being cut? Obviously, they've agreed to this um, because the club wouldn't be able to kind of renege on the contract that they've signed with them, but we'll see. I mean, it's it's a step in the right direction. Uh, But I won't be happy until StubHub's completely gone from Tottenham. And the people who made it want them gone too. What, from the earth? Yeah. Yep. All right, I'm down with that. Uh, how is everybody? Good. How's everybody feeling? It was my birthday yesterday. It was nice to get fucked over by Spurs on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. Actually, before we go into the Arsenal game, because I've got a lot to say and not all of it negative, actually. So it'd be interesting to hear your quotes and, ha- quotes, uh, points and how you're going to qualify that statement. But it was your birthday, and if you felt fucked over, you're allowed to because of your birthday. It's not your birthday today, though. No. All right. Um, we've got the under-21. Um, we've mentioned this last few weeks. But come along, buy your tickets. Three pound on the door. We're playing the scum. Uh, it's blocks 13 to 16. And if you want a ticket, you call the ticket office number on 0844 844 
0102, request the 1882 blocks. It's blocks 13 to 16, as I said. 7pm, it's a Friday night. Let's fucking have it. It's, it's been a bit of f- further news, though, gentlemen. What's that, what's that? Arsenal are planning on bringing some fans down. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not only that, probably, apparently, passionate fans, or they're trying oh. to organise something. So, song sheets. Yeah, <laughs> 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 song sheets. <coughs> but, um... So this means we know, we've got to up our game, basically. Yeah. We've got to fill them blocks out. So if you know anyone who you, who you think will, will get involved in, and enjoy the experience, get them down. There's still tickets left. We can't have uh, we can't have Arsenal coming on. Oh, well, you know. Got no fans. Want some? <laughs> <laughs> got no fans. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, if you know anyone, just, just bring them down. And we can't be shown up. We can't be shown up by them lot. Absolutely not. And I think yesterday when we played them, um, a couple of days ago when this comes out, I thought for the first time in in in, in my memory, we were one nil down and out singing the away opposition. And then, and I, I think before we go into probably some of the negatives about what happened <clears> on the pitch, a quick mention about the the support because I don't think I've ever. I don't remember enjoying a North London derby and I enjoyed yesterday. I really, really, really will remember it fondly. I I know we lost and that's horrible and that's always something that's hard to take, but the atmosphere was so good. Um, yeah, it was. We never, we never stopped singing. And what, what, what I really liked the most was um, just, you know, you had army going over and over and over. Yeah. You know, just um, made the hair stand up in the back of your neck, really. Yeah, there was the, that, that section of the shelf that started that. It yeah. was the... Um, where kind of... More kind of hardcore Tottenham support, you'd say, you know. Yeah. They, they, they're very passionate over there and... And they, uh, they they started off that year army and it just kept coming, waves coming. It just it was just fantastic. Can you imagine that with a drum though. That'd just be oh, no, it would have been superb with that. I mean, maybe one day. <clears throat> even even the negative stuff was turned into positive things yesterday. Instead of people bitching and moaning, they just decided to sing a player's name and try and g up the crowd a bit more, g up the players. And even I saw Cabal come over to to Park Lane and just you know raising his hand saying, "Come on, you know." And the fans just went fucking mental and yeah, I can love that. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I did I. I I loved it. I also quite enjoyed what happened before the game. Um, there was quite a lot of hoo-ha. In, uh, <laughs> uh, I won't condone coin throwing. <laughs> cause, um, no, it's awful. Don't do it. There's children <laughs> children and all that. Although, don't really take your kid to Spurs away if you're an Arsenal fan, in my opinion. But I did see around 50, 12 to 15 pounds get thrown through the air <laughs> by, one, <laughs> by, by one gentleman. Um, I didn't see his face, so I can't tell you who he is, nor would I. But um, it was—I was sort of one or two coins getting flown, you, and you usually see that in this game. But I just—it was raining at one point, uh, and it was—you know—it wasn't the kind of rain you get wet in. The thing is, I don't understand it. I very rarely give money to charity. I'm not going to start chucking it at Goon. <laughs> <laughs> but this geezer must be wealthy. It was, like I said, it was, a, it was a fair, fair old wedge. Probably saves up all year. You know what I mean, put a pound away in his Joe every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, he got so carried away, he all these coins in his hand, and he was—you could see—he was going to sort through it, get, just throw the coppers. And in the end, he just thought, "Fuck it," he threw—he threw everything. <laughs> it's got to be twenties and fifties, surely, though. You get, get a real purchase on those because it's sharp edges. It's just, pounds, mate. Why? That's <laughs> not going to hurt. A pound coin. Got to be tw- got to be twenties and fifties because of the edges. Yeah. Oh, well, you're a ninja You're a sadistic cunt, aren't you? <laughs> well, when it comes to Arsenal, I don't hate many things, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I came, uh, I kind of, 
Oh, no, I'm not going to say. I, 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 you just... There's certain things people you hate. And outside of a footballing context, you know, generally, you know, there's some Arsenal fans. I, I've got one or two. I know I can't bleat on about not having any Arsenal fans, but there's one or two in my life who I can tolerate and they're fairly decent human beings. But then you kind of... At Arsenal game, you, it all goes out the window and you just want to smash them. And, well, and, and then you, you kind of... There's, this, there's stories that you hear about trouble and, the high, and you think... It, Actually, no, I'm not going to carry on with a sentence. I'm but not, no, the sentence. Week, the week, no, there's nothing good going to come from it. <laughs> no, but the week leading up to to the game, and I was thinking we are going to get shut on 3-4, and I was very, 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 very apathetic towards the whole thing. It's not like UT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so Friday night, you know, we have Mickey Hazard here, and he's made us all believe. You saw me, Flav, I have my hands over my face like, <laughs> Mickey, why you, did you make oh, me yeah, believe? Yeah, 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 You're yeah. making me believe. That, so, you know, the game because I'm excited for the game, but... And it's like when you when you get into Tottenham and North London Derby Day, just you can't put your finger on it. Just just something in the air. Yeah, yeah. And a bit of a malevolence, you know. Yeah, it's 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 kind of. I, I, no, I get where I, I tell you where I'm coming from. It's so because football's so far removed from what I grew up with. We're actually walking down Park Lane before match was all before a kickoff was always quite hairy, and because so much has been taken away from fans and it's become so. Um, stale and sterile that I actually kind of when you see that and it becomes a little bit more animalistic and a little bit kind of back to what you remember so fondly when you was a kid that's where this is coming from I think and that's why I kind of always get that buzz before a game and it it adds to the atmosphere when there's a little bit of back and forth and don't get me wrong I I wouldn't want to be involved in a running battle with anybody any human being Um, and, and you know you're safe, more or less, apart from flying coins, because there's a line of <laughs> riot police there. <laughs> but but um, but there's kind of there's a little element about screaming at them and them giving some back, and you think, right, I'm ready for this. I'm going in that ground, and you just you let your emotions out by singing. Well, the funny thing before before the game in the concourse at Park Lane, there's so much singing going on before the game. You know, really amped. Getting to get into our seats, so yeah, fucking game on. Come on, you Spurs. Yeah, in two minutes. That <laughs> 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 was seventy-one seconds. I think seventy-two. Oh, God, seconds. it's gonna be four or five, isn't it? But we just kept singing anyway. I thought, well, I'm tense. I'm as a loud some touch. I just singing, and everyone had obviously had the same idea. What, what do you think? Where that came from, then, though? Because what it was, I thought that was it. The atmosphere was gonna die on its ass. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're gonna love it. They're gonna be gloating, and so they should. And. um uh, but it, it just it suddenly there was a kind of smattering of singing directly after the goal as sometimes there is and then it just like nah fuck it we're going to have this today and if we don't we're going to let them know that they were at Tottenham yeah. and, and and it just went on and on and the, uh, the couple of renditions of Owen the Spurs were deafening <clears throat> I don't know when do you watch it on telly what it was like how it came through what I liked about the um, the telly footage was they kept showing the crowd when they were singing Owen the Spurs so yeah. there's like everyone you know, the moving hands. their fingers giving their jazz hands <laughs> Belting out, it, it came across really, really well on telly. I was very impressed with the noise we were making, and and that's why I say that's why I say I come I come away from this game and remember it fondly, because you can't do anything really about what happens on the pitch. You can support your team, you can give them a good positive atmosphere to can kind of play in, but there's not much you can do to force your team to play well and not fuck up, as Rose did for the goal. But but what you can do is kind of go there and passionately support your team and that's what happened and that's why I was satisfied I was also satisfied with the performance well yeah I mean 
we lost to Benfica, lost to Chelsea. Yeah. And I don't think this person can come up from that game saying that we played our best, we tried our best. But against Arsenal, I think we left everything on the pitch. Yeah. Someone made a very good point. I don't know if it's on Twitter or someone in the news, but they said um, the team was almost a reflection of Tim Sherwood. You know, lots of passion. Maybe not, maybe not get to, maybe not a lot of ability, but they had passion and they knew what the game mean, means to us fans, and they reflected it in their in their games. I mean, you know what you said about Danny Rose making that error. He made the same error about two or three times. Mm. Um, the formation didn't lend itself to him being protected because Ericsson's ahead of him. Ericsson's never a defender. Actually, Ericsson was trying to stop the goal. Mm. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is why they scored. Yeah, but the high line. I just look. It's clearly what the fuck is that? About? <laughs> we've got four, four. We've got four, probably four defenders, and only one of them is really. Only one of them is quick. And that's Kabul. The rest aren't that quick. So it just didn't really. Well, I, I tweeted yesterday that I thought um, Sherwood, until the substitutions, which I thought he cocked up, I thought he got the tactics, in my opinion, pretty much spot on. And actually, I thought the high line worked a treat. I thought, aside from the first 10 minutes where Arsenal got in behind two or three times, and obviously Oxley Chamberlain missed a brilliant chance, we squeezed the pitch quite well. And although I think Kabul and Vertonghen both had a couple of early um, moments where they dwelt on the ball a bit and they took a couple of chances. Once they got over that, they actually played quite securely with the ball at their feet and passed out from the back. Yes, there were long balls. Um, I'll come on to that a bit later, I think. But, I mean, I thought the high line worked well for us and squeezing the pitch tight. And it's kind of, you know, every fan when we played them in the cup was calling for an extra man in midfield, match them up, try and stifle them. That's pretty much what we did. And... You know, we still lost. Yeah, essentially. But in the second half, especially, they couldn't play. They, they, they Arsenal have been known for their ability to keep the ball, and we didn't let them play at all. And that was largely down to the high line, uh, squeezing the midfield so much that there was no space. It could have backfired. There, you, Buddy, you were saying before the, before we started recording that it could. We were open to a counter attack. It could have gone wrong for us, but it didn't. It also, it also worked because they had their goal, so they were quite content to sit back and try and um, try and hit us on the break. So, I think it's a little bit false to say it was all down to the high line. It was more down to their early goal, and then the fact that they were quite confident to sit back. I just think that Danny Rose struggled for long periods, and the high line was part of that. Because for long example, periods, was, you mean months? Well, yeah, but <clears throat> with the goal itself, he attacked. And didn't get back. It didn't get back yeah. into position. Yeah, it was a, it was a kamikaze. It, it uh, did that time and did that time and time again throughout the game. Um, it's just I just I can't believe it was our first choice left back. Fuck, it's, it's, it's left back. It's definitely it's that not is good a, enough, man. That's the one position that we we've, we've got to make sure we actually do something this summer in terms of signing a left back. Probably someone like Ben Davis would be perfect. But I was going to say on the opposite side, pleasingly Norton had his best game in a Spurs shirt. Absolutely, and not only did he use the ball well. Aside from one early mistake, he actually defended really well as well, and that's against Santi Cazorla, who drifts in and causes a lot of problems in that in that in that <coughs> kind of inside left position. And I thought he handled himself really well. And also, aside from the misses, I thought Chadley also had a, a, a really good game. Uh, probably his most spirited showing, playing just off a striker, which is apparently his favourite position. I thought uh, just quickly on Norton, I think that what, you, what he, he used the ball well, but he, like you said, he defended well. There's a couple of times he squeezed out Corzola. Andrewed and, and players almost, you know, players that should be barging off the ball because he's quite slight. He was strong, he was relatively dangerous going forward, and he was sensible with the ball. And he was, you know, it's, it's, given the fact that we had no choice because Walker wasn't fit, because he would have played if he was, I think he did very well. I thought he was our second best player behind Adi Bayo. 
he did everything that Rose didn't. Um, Rose kept pushing that field, never had a pace to get back into position. Rose, Norton didn't really go beyond our halfway line too much, and he just kept it simple, and that's why I played Royals today. I mean, we didn't, obviously, we didn't create a great deal other than Chadley's two chances, which came really from Arsenal mistakes, which you could say we forced. But it was interesting that Arsenal, were, there were, there's lots of last-ditch defending, and their centre-back pairings made 35 clearances in the match, which is an absolutely enormous amount of clearances to make in one game. In comparison, Kabul and Batonga made 12 between them. And I know we fired a lot of long balls towards Adebayor, but actually it wasn't, it wasn't a bad tactic necessarily because the midfield was so congested. You know, Ericsson had a terrible game um, pretty much throughout because there was no room for him to work, work in. And actually, people are saying on Twitter, you know, Ericsson should be playing in the centre... When he plays on the left, he effectively does play in the centre because he's allowed to drift wherever he wants to drift to. He just couldn't find the space, so we were going long to try and bypass that, and it was actually working to an extent. I was disappointed that him and Chadley didn't... I thought them two were going to switch throughout the game. Yeah. Maybe Chadley covering the left, Erson goes inside a bit more, but that never really materialised. Well, I couldn't tell from, <coughs> from the starting lineup when I was inside the stadium that Chadley was number 10. Cause, but, but it was evident straight away that... Um, he was kind of making this kind of crescent running throughout the first half, certainly, and he was he was fucking everywhere basically, and he he was kind of picking balls up. And I I agree, I thought he had a good game. There was a lot of animosity thrown at him towards from the fans inside the game. I think largely down to the sitter he missed, yeah. and the other he had he missed another decent chance as oh. well. And there was a couple of times he hesitated a little bit, but I think his all-round play was pretty good. He he done a, a good job. And I just thought it was a little bit. I was a little bit frustrated with the crowd because I it kind of it's kind of like our squad players aren't allowed to to be anything other than the play at the very top of their ability. And if they don't, they get a lot of stick. But I, I, I was never. I never thought he was a goal threat. I never thought he would actually pick up the ball and score a goal. He he, he ran around a bit and he got involved. But I didn't think he supported Adebayor enough, especially when we're throwing the long balls up. There was a lot of times when Adebayor. Even for us playing so high up, he was on his own. Well, you know, you mentioned Chadley got a lot of grief, but Bentley have got a lot of grief as well on <clears throat> on social media and, and people sitting around me. But he had, um, you know, he kept the ball very well, hardly get the ball. It's an adventurous, but you know, he had a tidy game. I think. And, but, oh, sorry, go on. So in the same with, I mean, the people are having to go Harry Kane on Thursday. I don't think he played that badly against Benfica either. I just think people just want the scapegoat now, and I'd, it's I, a shame. Really. I agree that I, I agree that he didn't play badly. But we're playing fucking good team. No, 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 no I'm not going to see Don't don't play a prospect. It was essentially what Harry Kane is. With Bentaleb, I actually <coughs> thought he had his worst game for us so far yesterday. But my point would be, he's a 19-year-old playing in a North London derby. You should get behind him regardless. Mm. And the problem is, he's become so he's become synonymous with Sherwood in, in essence, yep. which means people take out their anger with Sherwood <coughs> and Bentaleb, which isn't fair to him and isn't going to help his development. I mean, I think a lot of the time people have been criticising him when it's, and it's been quite unjust. He's actually been at least as good as Paulinho, who he's probably competing against for that midfield start. Um, for me, I'd have st- I think Bentaleb's selection was the right one. You know, if Dembele had been fit, then absolutely start him. But Bentaleb was justified. You're completely start. right about Bentaleb. If this had been um, Tom Carroll playing all these games... And it hadn't been Sherwood in charge. We would have been we would have been raving about him. The whole crowd would be going crazy. But because Bentaleb's so synonymous with Sherwood, he he's disliked and and he's he shouldn't really be getting the abuse he's getting. Do you think that there's we've had a a 19 year old player that's come into the team that's been as good as Ben 
been to live in, in living memory. I can't remember on someone that young. I don't know if Lady King wasn't playing at 19. We, we've had like midfielders sure. who've come in and had like wonder games, like Dean Marnie. He scored, was it Boxing Day? He scored those. Yeah, against against Everton. Everton. yeah. And, he, and Johnny Jackson as well <coughs> was tidy when he came in. But Bentaleb's played a string of games now and he's never looked really out of place. Apart he's never looked City, that yeah, vulnerable. City, yeah. Apart from City, he did look really absent. <coughs> you don't agree? I, to an extent, I do, but I think City were just. Unbelievably good that day, and mm. I think anyone would have struggled to be quite honest. I think there have been times when Bentaleb probably should have been pulled when wasn't, and that's yeah, why he's yeah. getting stick. Yeah. He shouldn't be getting any stick. He's, he's a player like any other who goes out there and does his best, and he doesn't look like he's he's not giving his all. He looks like he's working hard. He looks like he's trying to do what's being asked of him, even though it's not a, f- a role that's familiar to him. You know, he plays further forward. Yeah, under twenty one. You know, he's gonna. Go, he's not going to say to the manager, well, you know, I mean, the crowd don't like you, Tim, so I don't really want to play until you've gone. <laughs> no, you know, Louis Van Aert will come in, hopefully he'll give me a shot. What do you, what do you want him to do? He's going to go out there and try and play. <laughs> get behind him, give him a song. Give him a song. Oh, ben Tillet, <laughs> quite a tricky one. It's a tricky one. <laughs> tricky one to... Nothing rhymes with Ben Tillet, but that's what we did at 1882. Yeah. Um, yesterday was probably the first time in the ground I felt any kind of animosity towards Sherwood. I mean, I mean I've been to a few games this season yeah. and... I've never really heard him get much. I mean, to be admittedly, a lot of them are in eighty-two games, but yes, it was the first time I've actually genuinely heard him get a bit of grief. And they booed the substitution, as, yeah. as you I heard. Hate that. And, I um, hate the booing the substitution. What I hate, what I hate even more is when they sing a player's name to come, and I just think, come on. They're yeah. singing Soldado's yeah. name. They were singing Aaron Lennon's name at one point. I just think, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I was thinking Soldado should be coming on. Yeah, I mean, I think it came on a bit late. Though. Yeah, it came on too late. Should have came on earlier. The subs were awful yesterday. I mean. Uh, Generally, I don't think Sherwood's done as badly as a lot of people think he's done. I don't think he's done anything special, but I don't think he's done that badly. Yesterday, I thought he everything was going fine until he made his, his changes. And I don't understand why he brought Sigurdsson on, who I think is struggling this season and looks incredibly unfit at the moment. And that was a, a weird move. And I, I thought Ericsson was having a poor game. I'd have personally taken off Ericsson and put Soldado on a lot earlier because... It's not as if we were kind of getting the ball to our creative players and they were playing little passes into pockets of space. It was we were playing a long ball game essentially and working off Adebayor, um, and and Soldado working off Adebayor would have been ideal. I actually forgot my point. I was much more comfortable with Kabul playing that 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 long ball than Dawson. than Dawson. Yeah, like it was his his ability with a footballer. Yeah, as football, I'm not talking about with a football. <laughs> I know he's strong, but he ain't that strong. <laughs> I suppose you could do kick ups of Aaron Lennon. Probably, yeah. Um, he's 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 balls <clears throat> over to Adi Bayor were more or less caused a lot of trouble. I know Murtasaka, as you'd expect a seven foot two defender to be able to do, but he, um, he I would say 40 percent of the time, I've pulled that out of the air. By the way. <laughs> he found Adi Bayor, or Adi Bayor managed, got a, managed to get a toe on it, and there was that that ball over from the first half. Where it was, Ali had created about three yards on, yeah. on Mertesacker, mm-hmm. and it was just come on, he just missed it off his toe, he miscontrolled it yeah. slightly, but he would have been in on goal, and it, yeah. it did work, it was successful for he us. He thought it was offside, which was a bit annoying. Did, well. I thought he was offside, yeah. and then I was like. He looked around and realised he wasn't. Yeah. But the, with the subs, I think Sherwood has been notoriously slow with his changes. I think he should have changed it after an hour. I don't know what minute it was, I don't know if it was the 70th minute when he made his first change. Um, we were chasing the game, slow to make changes. Same thing happened against Benfica as well, and he needs to really sort that out. Funnily enough, I actually thought he we we had the momentum with us in the second half, and I didn't think the subs were essential 
But we lost the momentum as soon as Sigurdsson came. I know I'm, I'm probably singling out Sigurdsson unfairly, but it felt like we lost momentum as soon as um, I, he made those changes with Palinio and Sigurdsson. I can see why he brought Sigurdsson on because we weren't shooting. It was, yeah, what, yeah. it was one obvious thing is that we weren't having shots at goal. And it's the one thing Sigurdsson does do, he does shoot. I think we were having shots at goal, they just weren't... They weren't hitting the target. They were, they were, hitting, they were hitting defenders. <laughs> had 17 shots and hit the target twice. I mean, that says it all. I, I kind of... I became very aware of the amount of shots that they were blocking very quickly. That one that Bentaleb hit was a beauty. Yeah. That was flying in. Yeah, there was a few that I thought, that's a well-struck shot. And uh, it shows something, if nothing at all, that, that... I don't remember the last time Arsenal, if ever, they've parked the bus at, and and... They, they, I think they finished with seven defenders. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you guys were saying earlier about the players working, leaving everything on the pitch, it showed in the fact that proportionally Arsenal played more long balls than Spurs. So we were pressing them so hard all over the pitch. You know, Adebayor was absolutely dead on his feet at the end. Yeah, he was he, amazing. He went over to the sidelines to get an um, ice tonic drink. You know, he was he was dead basically. He couldn't carry on to the extent he was playing for the rest of the half. Um, I thought. The midfield, although none of them played particularly well, they all worked really hard. And they, even Chadley, who hasn't played many games, worked his socks off as well. But for me personally, that was the most depressing thing about it. The fact that we played really well and they played shit, but we still were unable to beat them. Well, it was, it was almost a moment of last year's game. Um, they played very well, mm -hmm. didn't get a draw. This year we played well and they got a win. So It's twice though, it's twice in the season, both league games are exactly the same. They're almost carbon copies of each other. Yeah. It's the it's the depressing thing, and maybe that is the difference between AVB and and Shell because AVB in these games where we were trying somehow, whether it was luck or whether it was tactics, we somehow would find a way to win these games. It was probably bail, but at least maybe yeah, maybe actually fuck it, yeah, it was bail. It was definitely bail. It was definitely bail. <laughs> the only the only the only bit, the only kind of tangible difference I can see between AVB and Sherwood, and this says something for Sherwood, is that we kind of. We, we seemed to be more methodical. We had a plan that we was sticking to. And we seemed a little bit more solid defensively. I don't remember us getting carved open apart from Liverpool and, and, and Man City where we got destroyed. But I don't remember them getting in behind as much as we they have been. And I, I don't know why that's happening. Tactically, I, I couldn't tell you why we're getting split open so often. I, I think Sherwood likes the high line more. I, the irony, obviously, is that we've got a higher line now under Sherwood than we did... Under AVB, who was famous apparently for having a high line. It's mm. felt like the last few games that we've been completely disorganised under Sherwood, defensively certainly. I mean, we've not exactly created a lot either, so pretty much you could argue we've been disorganised all over the pitch. I think that's partly because we've been playing some really good teams, I mean, particularly Benfica and Arsenal, Chelsea to an extent, although I didn't think Chelsea were even that great against us. We didn't, we didn't um, force them to be great. Um, but it felt to me like this was the first time where Sherwood played a fairly structured team and a fairly organised team, and he just got a little bit unlucky on the day. He needs to stick with the team, though. Yeah. Every well, every game we're changing formation. Obviously, we've got injuries. Yeah, but that's he needs what I was to. Say. I mean, I know the philosophy thing is overplayed, but he needs to have a way of playing, and players kind of fit into that because he's just you don't know what he's going to do do from game to game. There is a bit of that, but then I guess. AVB got criticised for not being flexible enough so it's kind of there, there has to be a middle ground somewhere Sherwood's probably trying too much AVB didn't try enough the middle ground is you know you stick with a rough philosophy and against certain teams you make adaptations he's trying too much on and off the pitch clearly I mean yeah. was he throwing his phone his um, gelée down trying to have a fight with Sanya oh yeah what was that about because I couldn't Fucking see I just I just went <laughs> I just 
I, I just saw a Ferrari on the side of the pitch and I just kept going, do him, do him, <laughs> fucking do him, do him. I didn't know who, who I was supposed to be doing, who, who was going to do who, but I definitely wanted an Arsenal, fan to, an Arsenal player to get done. From, but what actually happened? From what I saw. <laughs> What did I say? Arsenal fan. Arsenal player. <laughs> Given the uh, the conversation earlier, that's probably where I'm fucking human. What? <laughs> well, what happened was I think it was Arsenal was throwing a free kick and Sherwood on the ball. Tried to give it to Sanya, but he lobbed it in full pelt twice. Sherwood lobs it at Sanya full pelt. First time, and Sanya must have not, couldn't, obviously couldn't catch it. He, he let it hit him, Sanya. He yeah. did that thing where players are wasting time by letting the ball hit them and then it rolls off. So but Sherwood. Then, but then the second time, he chucked it even over. He did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite funny, actually. Oh, I'm down. Sherwood can stay for another year for that. But throwing the Gilles on the floor was completely embarrassing. What I mean, did he do? He, he tore it off in anger and <laughs> lobbed it on the floor. And it was Fucking hell, because I saw it and I thought Sherwood looked smarter. He looks more like our manager, but I didn't know. better without the body warming. I yeah. didn't know that that came from fury. He <laughs> <laughs> was quite embarrassing. Last of the game, didn't you say you won't meet a bigger Tottenham fan than me? Is that what he said after the game? Cringe, yeah. Well, it's look, there's good. this. It's not good. There's. It's better than him saying, oh, "I am a closet gooner." I guess. Yeah. I'd rather him just not speak. Let the fucking coaches speak. The right. Come on. The problem with Sherwood is he's allowing. Um, he's just allowing personal issues. And uh, the moments just to just to cloud his judgment, and I, I think it's also affecting his team selections. I'm getting the impression that he's picking he's picking players to prove a point, and he's causing the fights with other with opposition managers and throwing the ball at people to try and prove a point that he's loyal to the club. I think he he's he's showing a man who's clearly under the strain, and he's very aware that uh, he. He isn't going to be around. He knows football, obviously. He, he reminds me a lot of, of um, Pardew at the moment. The way he's just <laughs> like a like a like, like a big peacock on the, on the sidelines, causing fights and getting involved. He needs to take a step back and concentrate more on his team. Oh, well, they're not going to be his team for very long, so he can do what he wants, pretty much. <laughs> I think that there's no way that he can he he can stay only because. Not even down to what's happening on the pitch. I know he gets a lot of stick, and I've given him stick on the pod before, but I don't think he's done awfully since coming in. Um, but his off off the pitch stuff is 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 uh, irritating. I th- the only reason I think he absolutely has to go is that the fans haven't taken to him and clearly won't take to him. And I think you have to have everyone pulling in the same direction to be able to get that kind of success and just certainly sustained success yeah. and we're not going to get that with the fans the way they are at the moment we're so divided as a fan base I just think he's patently not good enough to manage a top five team in English football he's not at the moment he's definitely not at the moment yeah, but why, why should we go backwards while he learns a trade I mean you yeah. would, in any, any top organisation in any walk of life you wouldn't let a novice fuck about fuck about your company while he, while he learns a trade he should go to he, he can either go back to his old role in development because he's done he's developed good players. We, we, we know where he's going, yeah. or he can go to Blackburn or Swindon. Or Swindon. Wherever. We can go to Swindon. We've got good. We'll like we send loan players out there. We'll send loan managers, <laughs> and, then, and then when he's ready in fifteen years, he can't come back because he's going he's go, now. Swindon can do like <laughs> loanee manager. Has <laughs> <laughs> that ever happened? You loan a manager out. There so. must be there must be coaches that must be. Um, obviously, that hasn't happened. I was joking. It, that can't happen. But there must be kind of coaches you think, actually, let's send them over to other clubs, let them learn a little bit. I don't know if that happens. Maybe it makes sense if they're sent abroad to... Yeah. Um, yeah. Hasn't AVB expensive. been doing that? He's been doing um, coaching lessons <coughs> with um, Guardiola at Bayern. Yeah, he certainly went He's now just become manager of Zenit. Really? St. Petersburg. Reunited of Hulk. 
No. He's got yeah. his. That was maybe the plan. He wanted Holt <laughs> to come to Spurs. Yeah. Got to go put a word in his ear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, he'll probably do well. I still like him deeply. I suppose they love him deeply. But like, I like you deeply. <laughs> um, should we? Should we move on? There's a question. Spooky asked, um, how utterly cringeworthy were the Gooners post-game celebrations? The selfie photo and Podolski with the away fans, the lack of spontaneity and obvious pre-match planning shows how desperately they are to connect with their fans. Fucking hell, I hate them and I hate Spurs for allowing them to mug us off. What did Podolski what, what do? What could Spurs have done about it? That's, <laughs> that's, that's a spooky question. Was like, it's like 2,000 word question. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and not even a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what did Podolski do? I don't know. I saw Mertesacker like kind of going to his fountain and like saying yes. But I'd expect him to do that. It's a North London derby. Obviously. I think they, I don't know if it's don't know if it's to do the selfie while he's upset. The selfie think. was I don't um, really care about it to be honest. It's this craze of people doing selfies in a group, um is it, well, it's just symptomatic of everything I hate about human beings. I had um friends on Facebook doing a selfie of the selfie. So they took a selfie of themselves as they'd frozen the picture on the TV, so it was a selfie of a selfie. Oh, my God. That's actually quite funny. Actually, Farley, I noticed that you posted that in the WhatsApp group, and I'll kindly ask you never to post anything about Arsenal stuff ever again, (laughs) if that's okay. I was pretty angry. I wanted to show you guys. (laughs) 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 I needed to share my anger. You needed to dilute your anger and put it into other people. (laughs) I I never used the word cunt, but I used the word cunt then. It drove me to anger. I needed to dilute it with you guys. Fair enough. Um, no, probably you didn't. But that's fine. <laughs> uh, Sandro, bizarrely, um, we was listening to Owen Spurs, which is a fantastic uh, podcast, really loved it. Um, but one of the things that they were giving stick on was Sandro. And some of the stuff, there was some <clears throat> merit in what they were saying. I think um, I, I kind of get that one, one, I mean, download it, listen to it, you listen to it in full, you'll hear it all in context. I think one of the things I kind of agree with this. Uh, the this kind of beast personality and it's it's funny when he makes a good tackle and everyone goes boost and he loves it clearly um but i kind of it does feel a little bit gimmicky um but then again it kind of does you do connect with with, with the fans and, and it does it, it, there is something in it I, I i don't think it's that big a problem but i think he's been playing really well when he's i mean he's, he's not quite where he was before he got injured He's certainly our best, if not only, defensive midfielder. The thing I took issue with was um, his commitment was being questioned. And I don't think I've ever seen Sandro not give 100%. And the fact that he's playing, him and Walker have both been playing, having been taking painkillers, painkilling injections, Mm. just to make themselves fit to get through a game, taking each game as it comes, as they say. I mean, Walker couldn't play this time because... He, he's just he's, he's too injured he's, he couldn't even play with a painkilling injection Sandro's been the same at times I don't think you can question the commitment of a player that's prepared to do that but prepared to play his long term injury you know telling his ability on the pitch and he's what, what, how, how do you think do you think he's good enough do you think he's, he's overrated for me he's probably in our top three players yeah he's never recovered from his injury against QPR last year Every, every time he comes back he gets injured again and he's, he just needs time to get back to the same <laughs> Which level. Which he won't get because it's the World Cup yeah, in his home country. I don't know I don't <laughs> know if he will go though but I, I, I think by now um, Fernandinho and other players I think yeah, they've gone past be, him. And Paulinho ironically might be ahead of him in the squad. Well. I, I, to be honest with you from Spurs' point of view I think it would be quite nice if Sandro has a summer off be great. and just recuperate and come back, in the, come back next year. I've always thought that he's, uh, he's weak on the ball. 
I don't think he's he's he's, he's amazing positionally. Uh, he gives us a, a solid. He, 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 our midfield is more difficult to break down. The whole the whole first eleven is more difficult to break down when he's in the team. But when he's on the ball, I think he's a little bit clumsy. He doesn't really pass forward enough either. That's that's one of my main criticisms. Uh, but then he clearly understands his limitations. Yeah, I think the more he w- he would give the ball away more often if he did try it more uh, courageous passes. But he, he's um he isn't technically gifted with the football. But there's a different type of skill in tackling and positioning and reading of the game which he has in the abundance. I mean, not many people in this position are that gifted on the ball, to be honest. If you it's look at other teams, it's quite rare, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but um, I mean, he wouldn't be playing for Spurs if he was brilliant on the ball and does what he does. Oh, of course, but I think he's 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 had a bit of a journey with us because in his first his first ever game was against Arsenal at home in the League Cup, and we lost four one. He had a really really bad game, and I believe he played against. Did he pick his AC Milan? He, he was amazing. Yeah, in and that game kind of... That was in his first full season. Yeah, because yeah. him, him and Palacios started, we were like, what the fuck's going on here? And then they, you know, and we won that game, and that kind of brought him on his journey. But as, as Lombardi said, the injury is something that's keeping... I'm not sure if he's quite... I'm not sure if he's quite fully recovered from it, and his performances this season have kind of shown that he's still feeling his way back in the game. As Wendy said, he's got his... He's having to go over painkilling injections before every game, so it's hard to really judge him, but... I don't think people can talk about his persona in a way that, he, that he's neglecting his football because he does work hard and he does have a lot of commitment. And and you can't fault having... You've got to have someone in the dressing room with, with a bit of character and the, play, the other players seem to love him. I mean, one thing I would say is that he does have a tendency, as he's done in the last two games, to pick up early yellow cards, which yes. then puts him in a dangerous position for the rest of the game and you kind of feel a little bit on edge watching him. You don't feel like he can do what he normally would do i.e. run into challenges and try and try and break things up because he's playing on the edge a little bit but that's just something that he's, he needs to get on with and then try and improve as he goes on I'm sure he will how old is he now? 24 24, 24 so it's about about the time when we start selling our, our players <laughs> yeah. yeah okay <laughs> um, but that was one of the kind of things I, it's a weird it's almost like I don't know, it was, it was a strange one, because when you got that injury against QPR, I thought, well, at least Real Madrid can't buy him now, or at least... You know, <laughs> imagine, I think he's kind of suited to, to Real Madrid in terms of breaking up and giving it to one of their amazing forward players. Um, we've got Windy now, um, but before we do that, are any of our on-loan players ever going to win a game? Because every time, every week you listen to it, and it's like... Bongo Kamali, what's his name? Bongani Kamali. Bongani Kamali played. What's his name? Commando. Right, him. Right. He's a. He hasn't won a game all season. I don't think. Maybe drawed one. He's now out for nine months. Poor guy. What's he done? It's a ruptured patella. The pictures look horrendous, and he looked like he's in tears in one of them. Looked like a really awful injury so I think he's going to be out for six to nine months that is really awful you don't want that to happen to any human being but how long has he got left on his contract (laughs) I think he's got another season after this how can he have another season (laughs) he's been with us ten years it does feel like that (laughs) how long has he been Four years? It's longer than that. It's longer than that. It has, it's, it's been at the merchandise sales six, in six, South Africa. Six, <laughs> it can't. He's playing for Doncaster Rovers. <laughs> is he? Yeah. He is fucking hard. I pulled that out of the, out of the bag. Um, all right. Anymore. Anyway, you're, you're... No, that's it. He's come back to Spurs, I take it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Should hopefully he gets it? fixed and somehow comes out of the bag and we've got a, a world-class defender there, but I doubt it. Anyway, he's windy. Yeah. 
Back again with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. I'll just run through the loan players first, as usual. Jake Livermore played 90 minutes for Hull. We lost 2-0 to Man City and he had an effort narrowly wide in the second half. Lewis Holtby played 82 minutes for Fulham. They beat Newcastle 1-0 and he got the assist for the goal. Tom Carroll was an unused sub for QPR as they beat Yeovil 3-0. Bongani Kamalo suffered a very severe injury, a ruptured patella, and he's going to miss at least six months. He's back at Spurs now for his rehabilitation. John Beaker was left out of Brighton's squad entirely. That loan really hasn't worked out too well. Ryan Fredericks was a 72nd minute sub for Millwall as they drew 0-0 with Charlton. I was speaking to a Millwall fan last week and he said that Fredericks is very much an attacking fullback, as you'd expect for a converted winger, uh, and he implied that Fredericks lacks in the defensive side of his game. Alex Pritchard was sent off for Swindon for a double-handed push in an opponent's chest off the ball as they drew 0-0 with Bristol City. Ryan Mason and Grant are still missing through injury. Finally, Iago Falque played 82 minutes and got two assists as Rayo Vallecano beat Almeria 3-1 in La Liga. There was no match in the under-21s this week, but the under-18s beat West Brom 1-0 on Wednesday. Daniel Akindaini scored the only goal of the game, and manager John McDermott praised Cameron Carter-Vickers and Anton Walks, the two centre-backs, as well as Kyle Walker-Peters, who he said played as a left-sided full-back and as a right-sided full-back today, and if I was watching as a neutral, I think I'd have found him eye-catching once again. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter, at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. It's the second half of the Fighting Cock podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. Cheers, bro. Well done, Windy. Cheers, Windy. Yes. <laughs> um... We've got. We had a, a, a tweet. There's this. We mentioned it on the Mickey Hazard uh, special. A quick thank you to uh, Mickey again for coming down. It was. I, I listened back to it today, and it was just fantastic. I and mean, when we're recording, it's hard to kind of appreciate the, some of the stuff that he was saying. Um, but I was listening back to it, and it was just. It was fantastic, and it was great. I mean, we didn't even have to say much. We just sat there and asked questions for an hour, and just let him talk. And he does talk with such passion and. It's just like you were saying before, Wendy, how, how kind of easy it is to listen to him. So, yeah, thanks again for coming down. Well, what was quite amazing was um, you'd pitch a question at him and he'd just have bang, answer, bang, passion. He's, it's like, his memory as well. It's not, even, it's not even like we, he knew the questions we were going to ask him. He just... No, we didn't send him a running order. He didn't know anything that we were going to ask him. And the question... The one, I, I thought that exact same thing, T, when, when we asked him about his untucked shirt. Yeah. And he had this brilliant story about... Arrogance. Arrogance and his yeah. anecdotes about, you know, about the, the, the conversations he had with Birkinshaw and it was just, it was fun. That wasn't what I was expecting. I thought he was just going to laugh and, you know, talk a little bit about why he had it undone. But it just had these brilliant stories to tell. So if you haven't listened to it already, it's likely that you have if you listen to this. But just download it and have a listen. It's just great to see someone who used to play for Spurs, but obviously he's a, a complete and utter Tottenham Hotspur fan now, like any one of us. Um, and to have an insight, being on both sides of you know in the stands and on the pitch as well, it's just fantastic. But there was one question from this guy who follows us on Twitter, who is essentially he edits porn movies for a, for a living. And I don't know I, when when I was reading this question out, I, I don't know why I just partly because <laughs> Mickey Hazard's uh, girlfriend or it might be his wife 
um, was sitting in and listening as well. And I don't know, I just felt a bit sheepish about mentioning porn around women. I don't know why that is. <laughs> and uh, mainly because it's all about the objectif- objectification of the female species. They do earn more. <laughs> they do, they do. Who's being exploited, men or women, in the porn industry? Goatee. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you the guys earn fuck all, don't they? But, you know, they get to know lots of good-looking women, so... Yeah. You know, what's, what's his username, anyway? What's his, what's his handle? Swings and roundabouts. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not well, swings and roundabouts. Swings around. <laughs> <laughs> that would be altogether a very suspect porn <laughs> channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that kind of thing in a children's play area. It's not cricket. Uh, oh dear, I'm not going to go. Anyway, yeah, so he's, he's, <laughs> he, oh shit. He's, um, his Twitter is at XXXVideoEditor. He's a Spurs fan who edits porn, so go and follow him. Anyway, he sent in a, big, uh, a good tweet. He said, Looking forward to sticking my headphones on, listening to Love the Shirt podcast while uploading porn to the world. <laughs> That's just glorious. What a lovely gentleman. And on behalf of every man on this planet, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, cheers. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, so thanks for sending your question. Send more, mate, as well. Okay, so we've got Benfica, the return leg, and then Southampton at home. Uh, it's hard to know what's going to happen in the Benfica game only because well the only thing I do know with certainty is we have to score three goals away at Benfica and I'm not sure if they've even lost a home game they may have done in the Champions League but I know we know that we have, they haven't lost in their record is ludicrous they've won 24 of their last 26 games conceded two goals and then lost 15 <laughs> it's just going to be <laughs> Yeah, they looked an amazing unit last week. Everyone was talking about how good they are going forward, but I thought the most impressive thing was how compact they were and how how together they were as a team and how they defended as one, which is something we've not seen from Spurs uh, consistently for for a long time. That, that's exactly exactly it. They were compact and they were, they were like a boxer that was just waiting, with almost like Mayweather. So you just weren't getting hit. And then he'd throw a right hand that would land right on the button, and that's exactly what happened. That first goal we conceded, it was like compact, compact, wait for a mistake or see an opportunity to make a tackle, and then break with all the pace in the world, but not break as a team. They they, they knew where the players were going to break to, and they exploited it time and time again. That I mean that's the interesting difference between British football and some some European football. They play four four one one, so they're two banks of four. You think of the English teams that have two solid banks of four that defenders compact as that, and you think of Allardyce teams, and you think of Stoke, because whilst they can do the defensive part fine, <coughs> when they've got the ball, they can't hurt the opposition. Whereas Benfica, they can. They're problem. Not only are they organised, but they've got footballers who can counter as well. And they're two up front, so they're four four one one. The, the guy with the fr- I can't remember uh, the name of the. Uh, Cardozo is playing at the top. I can't. Is it Rodrigo? Rodrigo, playing Rodrigo scored the first goal. He he was fantastic. Excellent um, Madrid. Really impressed. Played for Bolton for a while, didn't he, yeah. as well? And um, Cardozo had a really good game, even though he's been in and out of the team for a, for a few months. Well, they're losing 1 0 as we speak, so fuck them. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you, Benfica. Um, I was saying to a mate of mine that Carl Norton was one of the slowest black guys in my whole life. <laughs> 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 the first goal, especially. I mean, the guy just completely outpaced him. I just, he, he, he dithered for that second and it yeah. cost him. He didn't know whether to drop in with yeah. his man. If in doubt, you always have to track the runner, without yeah. a doubt. And, it, and it, he just tried to hold the line temporarily and then realised he couldn't. 
ended up running back towards his own goal, basically yeah. treading water. It was embarrassing. To Wendy, watch. I wasn't listening to any word you just said because I was just reading off really slow black players. <laughs> and I've come up with Michael Ricketts, Marlon Harewood, and Anthony Gardner. All slow and Anthony Gardner's quick. Was he? Yeah, I don't even love strides. Yeah, I don't think he was that just, quick. Just strides. Okay. I had Steve McQueen in my head, the director. <laughs> <laughs> He was at Spurs on Sunday, <laughs> and when he was holding up that shirt, it was like my bed. It was like my duvet cover. He didn't say players as well, though. He didn't. He didn't say film director. But that was that was the only thing I, I couldn't get out. Of my the only head. black guy I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so you know, it's. it's it, I mean, what can we say about it? We know what Benfica do now, and given the fact that we're going to have to attack, we're going to be even more susceptible to this counter-attack game. It would be absolutely fascinating to see how Sherwood handles it, especially without Vertonghen, who's now suspended, having picked up a booking. I'm going to take a running guess and say poorly. <laughs> you, I mean, he'll, presumably he'll play Adebayo and Soldado. He might end up, because it's because of a defensive situation we've got, it's either basically play Kabul and Friars at the back, or you take a risk <laughs> and play someone who can... Pass out from the back. Well, playing fries at the back isn't a risk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is it, does he play someone like I don't know Dembele at the back and just have someone who can get on the ball and, and just do three push up as a spare man? Exactly. But then you, even but in three five two, it's Rose and Norton. Yeah, that, that the, isn't the three five two. That's one. <laughs> One and two, <laughs> and three. Play um, Loris as like a, a sweeper instead of a sweeper keeper. Play him as a sweeper, <laughs> but three doing goal. <laughs> 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 definitely. That's definitely what we did. you see how he could head the ball? Like, yeah, 30 centimetres off the floor. It's incredible. He's, he can play. The geezer can play. But Let him play. Foot. He hasn't got a right foot. Unleash him on the fucking first 11. I mean, on the outfield, first 10. He played as a striker as a kid, sorry. I can see it. I can see it. But he's just such an amazing goalie. He makes a difficult save look so easy, though, don't oh, you? I mean, the save we did yesterday from Mertesacker. Oh, yeah, that that look, I, I, I don't think the fans even oh. collapsed because they just expect it from him. I, 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 was, I was sitting there and I went, turned round yeah. and said, that was an amazing save, yeah. expecting people going, yeah, it was! And I think anything back. The exactly. more you watch it, the better it gets. <coughs> so quick and so strong to keep yeah. out. Mm. Strong, strong hand as well. But, I mean... God, I'm slating Sherwood this entire pod, but what, what frustrated me last Thursday was that he didn't look like he'd done his homework on Benfica at all. And concede, especially the second goal from the from the corner. Mm. Um, I mean, it's obvious that Louis Zao was a threat from set pieces and he was just completely unmarked. I mean, maybe Benfica did their homework and they held, and they held off Cabal and Louis Zao got free, but I hope there's a little bit of homework on how Benfica played to try and, you know, combat them, even though Vertonghen is suspended. Okay, and on to Southampton. I, I would just like to say I'm completely convinced. No, we've moved on. No, we've no, on. I'm convinced <laughs> we're going to win three 0 because they're even more cursed than we are. They got they got cursed back in 1963 and they've never won a European competition since then. So we should just have a word with them saying, "Look, it's pointless. You're cursed. You'll go all the way to the final. You'll lose. So just give us the three 0 win." Because we're going to lose as well. So we're not going to go to the final. We're not going to win it because we've been cursed since. Well, they were cursed in '63. We've yep. been cursed since '84. You know, that's fine. We'll both lose. You don't, you know, it's no big heartache for you. We're, we're used to dealing with a heartache. To be, honest, go on. to be honest, I'd, I'd just um, be tempted to fly Mickey Hazard out there, get, let him give a team talk before we go out on the pitch, because if that, if that can't inspire players, then what can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see Mickey Hazard give a... I'd love to see Mickey Hazard give a team talk about the phrase, the game is about glory, because he oh. would have... He nearly had me in tears. 
So he would definitely. Well, I'm not sure they care as much. I think, as that, I think. I think if a bunch of players have broken hands, they'd be like punching the wall, be like fucking yeah, yeah let's go. All their hands in the car. Can you imagine coming out and they're all, they're all just started throwing punches in the, in the changing room? <laughs> Brilliant. Should we move to Southampton? Yes. Um, they're on a poor run of form. That I know they won last week, although they pretty much gifted. It was Norwich they played, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, they gifted Norwich with another two goals, but Paul come through. But, and as as impressive as their manager has been since coming in, especially after all the stick he got after Atkins gone, um, I still think we should definitely beat them at home. And uh, I can't see us out of you look at the games we've got essentially Southampton then we've got Liverpool away and that's our hardest game that's the only game left that we're going to get smashed in so there's that and then our runner games after that is Sunderland at home West Brom away Fulham at home Stoke away you'd expect maximum points from there but our running towards the end of the season is quite favourable as well on top of those I think there's another three or four games on top of that well, I mean, my worry is um, they play a high-pressure game and our uh, lack of composure and pos- possession could well be exposed there. So we need to try and keep the ball well and have a bit of composure when we're on the ball because sometimes we treat the ball like a hot potato when we're, when we're playing. So. Also, we're, we're talking about a Tottenham team that's been beaten by very, very good teams recently, barring yeah. Norwich. Um, and, and that was a, a bizarre game because of how pe- bad we were. But I think there's a, lo- there's a lot of anger and... Um, Fury and, and, and a lot of wild comments being thrown around when actually, if you think about before the Chelsea game and actually before the Norwich game, we were actually doing pretty well. You know, we were, we, I think there were stats flying around about the amount of points that Sherwood had picked up, best start from any Tottenham manager in history. Um, and it, mainly because we're beating teams that we should have beat and that's hard to, for any manager to do because no, I know it's a cliche, but there's no easy games in the Premier League and that's true. But... Um, I, I think that will come into play again after we get rid of Liverpool. If we somehow, and I can't see it, if we somehow manage to beat Liverpool... Or just don't get beat. Or just don't get beat, that will set us up for <clears> the, <throat> a nice, comfy fifth-place finish towards the end of the season. It'd be great to fuck up their title chances, though. I hate them so It'd much. Be brilliant. I, I think if we beat Liverpool, I don't know what I'd do. I'm, I'm generally scared of what I'd do. I'd go take a selfie, of a selfie, if we beat Liverpool. Oh, I'd be taking... I'd, I'd have my brother's gutted face next to me, take a selfie, <laughs> put it on the internet everywhere. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, so, um, I don't know. I mean, but like I said, I, I think we can be optimistic towards the end of the season. I think we're going to feel better about Tottenham at the end of the season than we do now, I think, as a fan base. Um, and then, you know, hopefully a manager that everyone can get behind. I mean, if Van Gaal does come in, do you think the fan base would get behind him instantly? I think they're going to get behind anyone who's not Sherwood, to be quite honest. It feels that way. The the same thing with AVB when he came in, because there were lots of people that wanted Redknapp. They wanted Redknapp to stay, so we had a divided fan base about AVB, and he won people around with that first season pretty much. Someone, then, I think someone actually asked us that for today's pod to look up with a red nap. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think red nap has benefited so much from the players that we had at the time that we didn't realise how good we were. And he knew how good we were. Uh, and, um, I mean, you can see how QPR are faltering at the yeah, moment. But with red nap, he didn't go for football reasons, we know that. It was what he was doing off the pitch that caused all the problems, all the tensions between him and Levy, so... I think it, it's almost irrelevant how well he did on the pitch. But. Is there any manager in the history of Tottenham that Le- in the last 10 years or so that Levy hasn't fallen out with before sacking them? I mean, it's the problem here, Levy. 
actually, we didn't mention it, but the there was um, a couple of guys with... I wouldn't call it a protest, because... <laughs> there was two of them. There was two of them. Um, but there is a groundswell of opinion about Levy's position at the club and how tenable it is. And, um, what, I mean, what did you think about that? There was the first public display of a chairman wanting out... Sin- uh, or, or, or want, um, an anti-chairman statement... <clears throat> Since Sugar, probably. I think it will, it will be the Southampton home game where it will come out. Yesterday wasn't really the time to protest. As, as we were talking about, the, the atmosphere was good because it was Arsenal. We'll, we'll see more at the Southampton game whether or not there is, um, whether there is a bad feeling towards Levy. But two guys walking around with um, some signs, a banner up in the Bellinghead beer garden. I wouldn't exactly call it like a protest. Or but these things start somewhere. They start somewhere, and uh, you look at Twitter, and there's a lot of people are angry with him. I'm not saying that that's right, or personally, my my issues with with him and why I'd want him to leave the club are more about how you know StubHub and the clubs kind of ref- well, essentially just hanging Spurs fans out to dry for the Yid, with the Yids thing. That's my issue with him, and, and other things with ticket prices as well. By and large, I think he's done okay. With certainly in recent times, he's come under a lot of fire. But I think generally, the club has gone, you know, light years away from when, uh, when Sugar had. He he's made poor managerial appointments in hindsight. But at the time, every appointment he's made, you've been able to understand his reasons for doing it. Mm. And in all the time where we've made these bad appointments, we've haven't really had a particularly slump. Obviously, the Ramos. Um, era was the biggest slump we've had, and he he still won a trophy. It's the first trophy we've won in a while, and it's the only trophy we've won. And you could see why he appointed Ramos. You could see what Absolutely. he was trying to do. Yeah, he's 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 made um, what he thought were correct decisions, and he's made him with um, a good heart and um, and probably uh, quite quite a good. But it, it comes down to everything. It's a guess, but he, the fundamental reasons for making those decisions were sound, and I, I, I haven't disagreed with any of them. Any of his managerial appointments, other than maybe Sherwood, who. You can see why he brought in Sherwood because there was no one else available at the time. He's waiting for Van Gaal potentially. Yeah, it, it kind of it, it smacks of the same situation that um, when David Pleat took over for the last seven, six, seven months of the season. Who was that before? Um, no, Santini. Santini. Santini, Santini yeah. It was just Santini. before Santini. And we waited on Santini as well. Yeah, yeah so we waited on this. So it smacks <laughs> of the exact same situation, waiting for an international. Ten years ago. Was it ten years ago? Was it Euro 2004? Oh man, I don't and know. And that was the World Cup 2014. Oh, wow. Waiting for Van Hal. Well, there you go. Um, but the only pro- the only difference between Plate knew that he was an interim manager and Sherwood knows but won't accept or was uh, not behaving like he does accept that anyway. And he said, you know, about him not willing to be a number two, which, like, like I said last week on the pod, I understand it, that. He was a step down and it's a bit embarrassing. But then he started going, well, actually, if I'm not going to be a manager, I want to be the next most powerful thing in the club other than the chairman, and that's director of football. So that sounds like something I want to do. So that's what I'm going to act for. (laughs) And I'm going to disrupt the club until that happens. (laughs) Do you remember in the office when um, the two officers merged and a bloke from Slough was alongside David Brent? (laughs) I think uh, Sherwood is going to be like David Brent. (laughs) Same thing about Hey, He's going to repeat like a second later. (laughs) They'll be able to make it like contradict him every single (laughs) decision he makes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've uh, got some questions. Harry Latari of Twitter, he says, I found myself wanting to kill some of our players recently. If you could end, he put inverted commas, but I'm pretty sure he means kill, uh, one of our players, who would it be and how would you do it? 
it's, I'm not sure what goes through Harry's head. <laughs> what we see, he's watching the game, and he's thinking, man, how would I fucking kill Connor? <laughs> Right, well, I'll first stab him in the neck so he couldn't breathe and watch him choke out. <laughs> so, that's the kind of thing that's going to go through his guy's head. After that um, missed chance in the second half, I wanted to flay Nasser Chadley like Ramsey Bolton flays Theon Greyjoy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, that's that is bad. Grim. I, I, I don't want to kill anybody, but at the moment I've got such a hatred for Lennon. So what I would do is I'd build our new stadium on top of one of those Abu Dhabi skyscrapers and have no fencing and get him to run to the byline and when he can't stop, he'll just... <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh, you got any answer? I hate to think, no, because I didn't mind if I'm done. I, 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 I don't feel that bad about any of our players, really. I, they're I, too generic to hate, really, aren't they? Yeah, I... I've gone through. Do you know what? I can't think of a, an actual player that I've ever hated. Certainly not to what I want to end their life and yeah. their existence on this planet, and then think about how I would want that to happen. Um, I'd put a parachute on Lennon. Then okay, I'll take it back. Play up there, fall off, and then. But don't give him any instructions. And I'm not going to parachute. Just to figure it out. He's not good in the end product thing. He might. <laughs> Oh god! Um, I've I've actually remembered one now. When when Chadley missed that chance yesterday, um, when he should have chipped it and he just tried the defender, I did want to kind of kill him. Um, and <laughs> it made me and it made me think of the Wu Tang Clan and the torture scene. Yeah, yeah. When they, they say your arse cheeks closed, they keep feeding him and feeding him. So yeah. you want to sew his arsehole shut and feed him what pies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or feed him some hot dogs from the salmonella. Laden um, <laughs> stand outside part There's yeah. obviously some um, kind of. There are some players that get some stick, and people are, are kind of, kind of angry. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording, Wendy, um, about players on Twitter that you kind of think. Well, actually, when you're watching the game, and you think, "I oh, like Chadley missed that chance," and I pick up my phone and think, "Right, I'm gonna fucking tweet and give it some." But I always stop myself because I kind of don't see the point too much in commenting on the game, either after or during. <clears throat> but when do you do kind of talk on, you know, you comment, commentate, if you like? Probably foolishly, and I was just going to say, last week when Harry Kane played against Benfica, people were falling, literally falling over themselves to tweet at me to say how bad Kane had been. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when he made that mistake in the... Uh, which cost the which cost the first um, no the second goal which yeah. led to the corner which um, they scored for obviously I should say that I was the first to to, to attack you about Harry Kane and I feel vindicated yeah <laughs> <laughs> now that everyone's Stuff. getting on the bandwagon of attacking you on Twitter yeah you've gone off it now you I like was Harry the first Kane. I'm, you're the hipster Harry Kane absolutely <laughs> I'm, I'm postmodern Harry Kane heard <laughs> it before it was cool yeah. now I love him just um very briefly on Harry Kane I actually thought he played quite well in that game and he, he did a lot better than people gave him credit for um, he was sort of pulling off into that left hand side pocket and getting a good view of the game and switching play quite nicely a few good first touches won the free kick which Ericsson scored from won another free kick and got a player booked a couple of minutes later thought we did alright showed, showed, showed a bit of composure he showed flashes of skill that I didn't know he had in his locker as well when he, he beat a couple of players quite it looked skillfully, but it seemed easy for him as well. And I didn't realise he had that on him. Honestly, from the first moment I saw him, I had him as this archetypal, um, outdated centre forward who was big, and that's why. But he, he has got more, more about him. I quite like him to stay at the club 
just so that Andrew Townsend and Tom Carroll can continue <laughs> taking the mickey out of him. His voice, his voice is incredible as well. Have you heard him speak? It is quite boring. <laughs> and very... He's, he, if you think Sher was inarticulate, then <laughs> you need to listen to Harry Kane do an interview. But fair play to him. He's a good... Like, he's always up for a laugh in the Spurs TV stuff as well. He seems like a nice lad. Mm. And he's local boy. You've always got to support the local boys when they come on the pitch. Yeah, let's, keep, let's keep giving him £10,000 a week because he's a local boy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but boy, he's coming back next year. Maybe he'll be the answer. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> um, is uh, one abject midfielder to another one? Uh, is Paulinho uh, Brazilian Jermaine de Genus? At least you could count on JJ against the scum. One thing that Jermaine Junis did have was a, a performance record and goal rate against against Arsenal that probably was only rivaled by Van der Vaart. Um, what, what's your opinion now? I mean, we've had a pretty much a full season of Paulinho. I wasn't convinced pretty much from the second or third game, and I'm generally right about things. So, again, vindicated because he, I think he's been pretty poor. <laughs> I think Paulinho is suffering because it's, it's the World Cup. With that game against Stoke, he was incredible. Yeah, he was. He was given a bit more advanced role, a bit more freedom, and he, and he was unbelievable until Charlie Adam took him out, and then he realised at that moment that some some chubby Scottish guy could destroy his World Cup yeah. and since then he hasn't gone for a tackle he hasn't run around and he hasn't cared that much the only thing I'd say is that he did bottle a few tackles before that game as well he's always I know he is you're right he's preserving himself for the World Cup but it's not something the fans take to especially in your first season with a new club you've but got his to ability, show are his abilities of football but football are showing for, or have we paid a lot of money for I think we've overpaid yeah. I, th- I mean he was great against Stoke the, the weird thing is he seems to be very good when he plays instinctively and plays these sort of one-touch flicks and yeah. like back heels and things. But when he's actually got the ball at his feet and is running, he can't look up and pick a pass at the same time. He seems to have to stop to pass the ball, which is not a very good trait for a central midfielder to have. And the other thing is his shooting is absolutely awful. He's, make, he's really good at timing a run into the box, but then he can never hit the target at the end of it. So it's kind of like... He, he... You, you know what I was thinking about a lot of our... Um... Our signings, I think, will, be, will will come good next year. I think Lamella's obviously going to kick on, hopefully. It can't be any worse than this kind of... Re- I mean, it really must feel like was a really in, frustrating season was for Was it him. a game yesterday? What, in what Question. capacity? He wasn't shown... Watching. Well, no, yeah, watching. on the bench, watching at the back. Oh, man, I, I didn't see... Oh, I see, yeah, some of the squad do that. Um, I don't know, but I, I, I was just thinking, like, actually, Paulinho may come good next year, season. I definitely think Soldado will... I think Chadley will feel more comfortable. I think he's a better player than people give him credit for. Kirikesh was was good before he got injured. I think everyone was picking him out as one of our stars out of the seven that we bought. Um, who am I missing? Capu. Yeah, Capu's a weird one. Soldado. Eric. I said Soldado. I think he's going good. Nerisson will, will be fine. I think we've bought essentially a, a very good squad there. And they will come good with time. There was something that stuck in my head on, on Sunday. Um, have you guys seen the movie Seven? Yes. Mm-hmm. And like you've got the the seven the seven sins. Yeah. We do you reckon we signed the seven sins? <laughs> <laughs> you've got a Kapoo who's gluttony. You've got Twitches <laughs> who's greed, all he wants to do is drink. You've got Sloth who's Chadley, he doesn't run around. You've got Lamella who's lust because you really want him to work. Soldado's envy because you look at Negredo and it's just like fuck, that's what we could have had. <laughs> Paulino is wrath because he's so much talent and he's and it makes you angry. And then you've got Pride, who's Ericsson, who's actually the only one that I feel a lot of pride about. But if you take it any deeper, you've got John Doe, is um, Daniel Levy. <laughs> 
<laughs> AVB is Gwyneth Paltrow who just gets decapitated. <laughs> 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 Sherwood is Brad Pitt, who's this un- angry kind of new new guy on the block who's just not working out. And Morgan Freeman is Stephen Freund, who was like really good once, lost AVB, lost all his friends, and now he's kind of like an old guy just sitting in the background, <laughs> not doing much. Just milling about. Yeah, that's quality. Oh, mate, that is super. You can write that art- first an article for the front page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I awesome. didn't know whether to use it there or use it here. Yeah, you don't use that's it here, awesome. but that's, don't do it there as well. That's fantastic, mate. Well done. Um, the answer is yes, I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> The question. I can't remember. Right about Paulino and yeah, whose question was it? Just uh, oh yeah, sorry. Luke Shady Simmons from Facebook sent that one in. Just to go back to sort of giving them patience. Like I um, was watching the Man U Liverpool game yesterday, and uh, I've, I was a big fan of Jordan Henderson at Sunderland, and then obviously joined Liverpool for a ridiculous inflated fee. Had a really bad first season, but the way he bossed that midfield. And the way he's played for a lot of this season, to the extent where some people are even saying he should be in the running for player of the year, it kind of makes you think, yeah, you know, we should give these players a couple of years to settle because it's not always easy coming to a new club and, and finding your feet um, straight away. And obviously he's English, so it's a bit different because they've all come from abroad and he was um, coming from another English team. But Liverpool is essentially like a foreign city anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, yeah, not to give Liverpool too much credit because I hate them. Um, and, and and especially because we so many people are laughing at the amount of money they paid, but he looks the absolute nuts. <sighs> Fuck them. Anyway, um, Simon von Seals. This guy, when I say a beard, it's the best thing ever. It's honestly one of the best things I've ever seen on this planet, and I've seen some amazing stuff on YouTube. And it, it is, it, it's like every, it's like a man. You see a man like like us four, I'd arguably are men. <laughs> this guy is a man. Do you know what I mean? If I could grow a beard like that, I would. Um, anyway, sorry, let's get to his question. Jesus. Uh, wow. Oh, is there a picture? Oh, man, That's look insane. at that. That is all man. All man. Um, I sound almost lustful then. Sure, <laughs> sure I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah well, I would. Definitely would bang. Anyway, um, you, you, he asks, would you, uh, you wake up after an all-night MDMA bender in a strange bed with Sol Campbell... And and a glamour model. Who do you turn your back on? Now I've thought about this, and both are pretty bad. Um, if you turn your back and face the, s- the model, supermodel, you've got Sol Campbell behind you, and you're not sure what he's going to do. <laughs> um, that isn't a dig on, you know. I forget it anyway. But if you turn your back and face Sol Campbell, you've got Sol Campbell's face on you. So it's got to be the other way around. All day, I think, facing yeah, the... I take, I take my chances, I did the same. Yeah? Yeah. You just ignore it. If anything happens, you just ignore it. If you feel something... Some, some Jedi mind tricks, you know, <laughs> just sort of make, put yourself elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you, if you, if you put yourself completely focused um, on, on the woman, anything that happens behind, you know, you might kind of get something from it, you know. And there's the bonus that you might break wind as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> could force it. You might turn them on, though. If you can't see it, it never happened. That's it. Just deny it. Anything else? No. Thanks for the question. Here's another one from him, actually. He said, Who would you, uh, what would you prefer, a kick in the bollocks from a 10-year-old gooner or a non-fatal punch to the throat from Sandro? I've given Spooky a non-fatal punch to the throat and he's still not <laughs> over it, so it's not quite nice. But the humiliation of being kicked in the nuts by an Arsenal fan, let alone a 10-year-old, is something <laughs> I never want to experience. So I'm going to take a blow from Sandro. Ditto. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I want Sandro to touch me. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, yeah. So, yes. Um, anyway, that's it pretty much for the Fighting Cop podcast. Uh, we've got a T-shirts that you can buy. Most of them have been on there for about a year now. Yeah. People are still picking them up, which is nice. It's nice when you see them around the lane once in a while. Yeah, the run, the run BAE one, although other people have been selling that as well, despite the fact that we made it. Um, that was... Uh, that was that, We see that quite often. Um, I've seen a couple of fighting cop ones once. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast. I was walking through Hampstead. Did. I did mention it on the podcast. So, a long time ago. So i just not say it again. No, go on. All right, thanks. So <laughs> we're walking, walking along, and the, uh, this guy had a, a fighting cop jump on and I'm walking along and I saw it and I thought fuck me what is going on and you know I'd go ah oh, look it's me it's flat of blue it's me <laughs> but he saw me and I saw him and I was like let's just keep our head down and we'll carry on walking let's not embarrass each other you didn't sign it you're a cunt <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't sign it <laughs> if he asked I definitely would have <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway we've got t-shirts we've got uh, apps Oh, the A-app. Uh, it's free to download, uh, download on, uh, on Apple. Um, it's really good. You can read the forum. You can listen to the podcast. You can listen to Engineer Al's um, AP. You can read Windy's blog. You can read Spooky's blog. You can read the T- TFC blog that's edited by Lombardi here. Uh, and, yeah, it's completely free. Download it. It's really good. Yeah. How are the articles coming along on the front page? It was really oh. busy last week. A lot of depression. People get busy. They start writing. It's genuine, um, isn't it? Every, it's, every time we go shit. When we're really good, no one writes. But last week was quite busy, and I thought it'd be a lot busier today. We had a couple in today, but people need to realise that you have to write more than three hundred and fifty words. Yeah, you got. I mean, you got to make it and make an effort. I mean, it, 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 we don't want to turn <laughs> articles down. No. At all, because if not anyone makes any kind of effort, it's, it's a good thing for, for for us, and we we applaud it. But it's got to be it's got to be an article. It people to... out there, they got the passion to write, and they start writing, and then it kind of sometimes it tails off. Just keep going for it. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to send in articles, it's thefinecot.co.uk forward slash write, and uh, you can email us at editor at thefinecot.co.uk, and you can tweet us at love the shirts. Wendy's is at Wendy Coys. I'm not sure what yours is, Lombardi. Uh, AR Lombardi. AR Lombardi. Don't re- I'm not going to cut you off, T. Always- <laughs> T's always paranoid that I'm going to cut you off. What is it, T? I'm holding on my hands and behind my back. <laughs> it's at Flonius Pilfer. I wouldn't do that to you. You're not spooky. I don't I'm, panic, much- I'm looking at that button. I think, what are you going to do? But even if I wanted to, it'd be for the good of the podcast. People <laughs> like it when I cut people off. Why don't you accept being cut off? <laughs> Why won't you? Say something, T! <laughs> say, say something! <laughs> Alright, fair enough, you won't say anything. Anyone else want to say anything? Alright, that's it from the Fine Cop Podcast. St. Patrick's Day. Season three, and I'm here with Windy. Hello. I'm here with Bardi. Hello. And I'm here with Felonious Filth. Hello. <laughs> I'm Flav. <laughs> um, as you can probably tell from my voice, it's the aftermath of British cock. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.